Welcome to the WBS Podcast, brought to you by WeddingVideographySchool.com, your online resource for building a wedding videography business from start to finish. And now, here's your host, Michael Lee Ring. Hey everyone, this is Michael with WeddingVideographySchool.com. You're listening to another Q&A episode of the WBS Podcast. Um, Today we have a question from Amy and we're just going to jump straight in. Uh, Amy says, uh, I'm unsure about what types of questions to include in the bride and groom's questionnaire. I have no idea what types of questions I need to ask. I'm really enjoying the podcast. Thanks for your help. Uh, That's a great question, Amy. Um, You know, I, I send out questionnaires to my clients as soon as I book them. Um, but I really don't expect to have those questionnaires back until about a month before the wedding. Um, usually about a month before the wedding, everything's pretty much set. Uh, most of the major details are, are, are in line, so people can provide me with some detailed information about the wedding day and also um, things that are important to them. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the timeline for getting those questionnaires back as far as what questions to ask i've actually pulled up my own questionnaire uh, and i have it sitting right in front of me here and i'm going to go through uh, each question with you and kind of explain why i ask the question Um, some of them are kind of obvious um, but outside of you know some of the basic things um, that you would ask your couple, like, what is your email address and what is your phone number, you know, contact information. I'm going to kind of list some other things that I, I've over the years have found important. Um, the first thing I ask, and it's really just so that I have it at the top of the questionnaire when I'm looking at the questionnaire, uh, I ask, what is your name, right? So the couple just puts in their names. Um, I also ask, what is your fiance's name? Because sometimes if I just say, what is your name? I only get the person filling out the questionnaire's name, right? So I also have, what is your fiance's name? Uh, What is the date of your wedding? Uh, It's always important for me, for the couple to write down several times. Um, You know, it's on the contract as well, but I just like having that date written by the couple on a couple different occasions. That way I know the date is right. I just have this like terrible fear of, you know, getting a date wrong or double booking a wedding and then, um, or just forgetting about a wedding. You know, I have those, those terrible nightmares where (laughs) I've totally forgotten about a wedding. Um, so I always ask what the date of the wedding is. When I Skype with my couples, I always make them tell me what the date of the wedding is. I always confirm it on my calendar, like three or four times. They probably think I'm weird, but I don't care. Um, I do not plan on ever screwing up a wedding date or missing a wedding. So um, the next question I ask is which package have you selected, right? So I have I have a few different options for my packages um, and I have them tell me which one they chose. Now you might be thinking, well, don't you know which one they chose? Isn't it in the contract? And the answer is yes, it is, but sometimes And it's very, very rare, but every once in a while, somebody thinks that they bought my middle package when in reality, maybe they just bought my, um, 
my basic package, right? So I don't ever want there to be confusion there. Um, so when a couple, you know, I look at their answer and what, if their answer lines up with what's in the contract and what I'm thinking, uh, then I know everything's a-okay. If they put something in different, I just contact them and say, hey, I noticed you put, um, you know, you have the short film package, but uh, you said that you had the feature film package or whatever it is, whatever your packages are. And I just let them know, like, I just wanted to make sure that this confirmed with you that this is correct, blah, blah, blah. That way, um, you don't go into a wedding thinking you're just shooting a five-minute video and then, but actually, oh, shoot, I was supposed to give them <laughs> a 15-minute video or something like that. Um, that wouldn't be good, and uh, that could be pretty irritating. So, um the next question I ask is, where will the ceremony take place? Please include the address. Um, you know, that obviously that's just kind of a basic question. I ask them to include the address because you never know when you're going to get a wrong address from somebody. And if it's wrong because of the, your couple, then it's not on you. But if it's wrong because, um, you know, you just didn't go to the right place and you don't have something where the couple actually entered in the address and stuff, then you're going to kind of look stupid. You're going to be left looking, uh, not that great. So, uh, thankfully I've never gone to the wrong location, maybe once in like the forest or something. I went to a wrong location, but, uh, that was always because the address was not correct that the couple gave me. So uh, double check those addresses. But if the couple gives you the wrong address, then uh, there's not too much you should feel guilty about. Um, where will the reception take place? Uh, same question. I also say please include address. Um, and yeah, so that's the same logic there. Um, I also ask where will you and your fiance be getting ready? Sometimes the groom is getting ready at a hotel downtown. Sometimes the bride is getting ready at a house on the other side of town. And those locations are different than the ceremony and the reception sites. So there's all these different places and possibilities. So I just like to have that information listed with all the addresses. Um, Next question is, will you have a DJ or a band at your wedding? If so, who? Um, you know, usually it's a DJ. Every once in a while, I get a band wedding, um, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but it's nice to know who the DJ or band is that you're going to be working with. Uh, sometimes I work with the same DJs over and over, which uh, usually is a good thing. I get to know them. Uh, familiar faces are always are always fun to see at weddings. Um, and sometimes I work with a couple bands more than once. So um, it's it's nice when you know what to expect. Um, sometimes, you know, people will write in a name that I, I don't know who that is. I don't know uh, if it's a good DJ or a bad DJ, and I won't know until I show up. But it kind of gives me a better idea of what to expect when I get to the, the wedding location. Um, it's really nice when, uh, you know, I somebody writes in, oh, I'm working with Elite DJ from Denver, Colorado, or whatever, um, or Eric Bernal, or 
um, any of these other guys that I know that are really awesome. When I see that in my questionnaire, <laughs> it's almost like a sigh of re relief because I know that they're going to have a DJ that's good. They're going to have a good sound system, and they're going to have someone there that I actually know and enjoy uh, working with. So, um, yeah. Uh, the next the next question is who is your photographer, and that's kind of kind of goes along the same lines as um, you know who is your DJ. Uh, it's really just for me to kind of know what to expect. Should I be expecting someone I know, or should I be expecting to see someone I've never met before? Um, it's kind of cool to be able to go onto the photographer's website beforehand, uh, just kind of peruse their photos. Um, you know, I, I uh, working with photographers is, and I've said this in other podcasts, but you really want to be polite and kind to uh, the photographer that you're working with. It makes life so much easier for you and them. Um, I can't tell you how many times I feel like at every wedding, photographers are still telling me I'm the best videographer they ever worked with. And I'm not really doing anything in particular to make them say that other than being very respectful of the fact that they have a job to do just like me and we need the same shots and we just need to work together to get those shots and communicate. So um, so that being said, it's kind of nice to be able to go to their website, kind of peruse their photos. If you find a photo album on there for a couple that you, um, that you think is great, um, just when you show up to the wedding and you meet the photographer, just say, "Hey, I, I, you know, just so you know, I checked out your website and I think, you know, you're you do great work. And I saw this couple, and you know, maybe you saw Ben and Jen's wedding on their website or whatever. And then you can comment about um, some of the photos there. I mean, hopefully, it's positive comments. Uh, <laughs> If you don't have something nice to say, maybe just don't say anything. Um, but yeah, it's it's a good little icebreaker. It shows that you've um, sh taken an interest in their work, and um, it usually sets you off on the right foot with the photographer. So uh, moving on, I ask, will you be doing a first look? Uh, for those of you who don't know what a first look is, it's where the bride and groom see each other for the first time um, outside of the ceremony. So you'll usually have one of two uh, kinds of weddings. Uh, there's a first look where the bride and groom will go someplace and the photographer usually kind of sets this up where um, the the groom will be facing one way and then we'll have the bride walk in tap the groom on the shoulder or something similar and then the groom turns around and we're able to get his reaction to seeing the bride for the first time in her dress with makeup and hair and all that great stuff so that's the first look um will you be doing a first look is the question i ask and it's a simple yes or no question um and it's just good to know because uh, if if they're not doing it excuse me <clears throat> if they're not doing a first look uh, then I'll know that during the ceremony it's very important for me to get the groom's reaction to the bride coming down the aisle um, next question is are the groom and officiant comfortable with wearing a small lapel microphone during the ceremony for recording purposes um, this is just to let them know that um, you know 
this question kind of serves two purposes. One is to let them know that, hey, I'm going to try to put a microphone on you and your officiant, so don't be surprised. And then it also lets me know if maybe one, either the officiant or the groom is very uncomfortable with uh, wearing a mic. Some people get really nervous. Um, most officiants don't really have an issue unless you're talking like Catholic priests. And most of them are have been pretty cool with me miking them. Um, some of them give me a hard time every once in a while, but usually they, they let me do it. Um, and then I've only, I had one groom um, who told me he, I couldn't mic him. And that was like, uh, <laughs> that sucked. Luckily, they didn't really have much else to say other than I do during the ceremony. So I actually really lucked out. But if they had written their own vows and stuff, and I was just relying on the officiant's microphone, um, it, uh, it just wouldn't have been that great. So luckily, I looked out in that scenario. I also had a groom one time tell me he wasn't, wasn't going to do it. But then um, he ended up doing it because he felt pressure from his uh, soon-to-be wife. <laughs> so, uh, so that one worked out, too. But it's always good to just give people a heads up and let them know that you expect them to wear microphones during the ceremony. Um, next question is what kind of music do you listen to? For example, what do you listen to in the car or while hanging out with friends? And, uh, this question really helps me figure out obviously what kind of music people listen to and like, but, um, it, the way I phrase it is what do you listen to in the car or while hanging out with friends? Because when you're in those situations, you really tend to listen to music that you actually like, right? Um, and it's not really, it's not being forced upon you. If I ask this question, um, you know, without that context, people will usually give me an answer of what song they're hoping that I'm going to use in the video or something, right? Oh, well, we, re we would really like to hear Jason Mraz, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's not the answer that I'm going for. And no, I'm not going to use a Jason Mraz song. I like Jason Mraz enough, but um, I'm not trying to use that in my kind of what it's just not my style. Um, and also, not quite sure I can license Jason Mraz. So, um, so yeah, just phrasing it, you know, as what do you listen to in the car that, and with friends that really helps get a more organic answer. And I can really figure out what kind of music they're into. And then when I'm picking out the song, I can find something that, um, kind of fits within that genre. Usually unless, unless, they only write down, I listen to heavy metal, right? Like, if that's all they listen to, then, well, I'll have to figure something out. But um, usually they'll list a bunch of different genres, and that really makes finding music for their, their video a lot easier. Um, and I, I don't ask what kind of song they want me to use. I just, I like to be in charge of picking the, the song, picking the soundtrack, so... Um, I'm just trying to get an idea of artists and stuff that they like. Um, will your ceremony be outdoors? This is a really important question to ask. You got to know if you're going to be uh, outside in the sun uh, with changing clouds 
or in the rain or in the snow. Um, you know, when I have an outdoor wedding, I put windscreens on all my microphones. When I'm indoors, um, I take the big fluffy furry windscreens off. I still have like a little regular windscreen on all of my microphones, but uh, the big fluffy furry ones can come off. Um, they they tend to look a little uglier because they're a little they make like the lapel microphone look way bigger. Um, so usually for indoor weddings, I'll take those off just for uh, aesthetic reasons. Um, what is the approximate runtime of the ceremony? This is important to me because if you're a DSLR user like I am, uh, you're probably very familiar with time record limits on your cameras. Uh, I think there's some DSLRs out there that don't have uh, record limits. Uh, maybe they just stop recording when the card is full, but I'm a Canon guy and uh, on the Mark II, there's a 12 minute record limit. On the Mark III, there's a 29 uh, minute record limit. And then on the new Mark IV that they just announced, there's a 29 minute uh, record limit, unfortunately. I was kind of hoping they'd do away with that, but um, it's still there. So, uh, but that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a discussion for a different day, the Canon. 5d mark IV. uh maybe we'll do uh well maybe we'll do a podcast on that i'd actually like to uh, talk about the mark IV and the new features and then uh maybe complain a little bit about things that they didn't include um next question is will you have any readings by family or friends during the ceremony if so how many uh you know if there's going to be readings by family or friends I like to get those mic'd. Um, there's nothing worse than having a, a portion of the ceremony where you can't hear what people are saying uh, because they walked up to the front of the ceremony and then just read a long-ass story or poem or something, and you did not have that person mic'd up. It really is kind of lame. So um, obviously, if they say no, there's no readings, then great thumbs up that makes my job a little bit easier but if they do say there's readings i do one of two things uh first i find out if the dj is going to be at the ceremony as well as the reception sometimes uh a dj or somebody will come to the uh ceremony site with a pa system and in that case they usually have a handheld microphone with them um and they usually use that to um uh, broadcast, well, not broadcast, but amplify the voice of um, the, the readings and usually the officiant too. Um, so if that's the situation, then I know that I can just basically bring my audio recorder and my cables and plug into their system and um, get my reading uh, audio that way. If they're not going to have a DJ or somebody with a PA system at the ceremony site, then what I'll do is I'll actually set up um, a, just a wired microphone. It's a Shure SM58, uh, um, and that goes right into uh, my Tascam DR60 via an XLR cable. You can also use a Zoom recorder or a DR40 or anything with an XLR input. Um, and what that does is uh, it, it just sends that 
recording right into my recorder. Now, the issue with it is that it doesn't amplify anybody's voice. So sometimes people will walk up to the microphone and expect to hear themselves being amplified, and they're, they're not. That can be a little confusing for people, but usually I try to track down whoever is doing the readings and just let them know, hey, when you go up there, go stand in front of the microphone and talk into it like you normally would, but don't expect to hear yourself. Um, it's just for my recording. Uh, and people are usually good about it. Every once in a while, someone doesn't listen to directions, and they walk up, and even though there's a microphone s sitting right there, they just like walk to the other side of the ceremony site and then read their thing, and that's super obnoxious, but uh, that's just one of those things that happens. Um, so who is your point of contact for questions on the day of the wedding? For example, a planner or bridesmaid. Not everybody has a wedding planner. Some people put their friends in charge of things. Um, I just like to know who to text on the day of the wedding if I need to know what room number uh, the groom is in at a hotel or something like that. Just little questions that come up or, hey, I arrived here, but I don't see anybody. What's going on? Um, you know, you don't necessarily want to be sending texts uh, or calls like that to the bride or the groom. So um, I try to have someone on hand, but most of my clients are pretty laid back. Um, about half of them have wedding planners, so that makes it really easy. Um, but uh, the other half are actually pretty cool with me just texting them um, or calling them. So that's also pretty easy as long as they're okay with it. Uh, are you planning on having a send-off? Uh, yes or no? It's a very simple question. Send-offs are generally like sparklers at the end of the night or, um, you know, glow sticks or something. Everybody lines up outside the reception venue after the last song has been played and uh, the bride and groom run out to the car or if you're in Colorado, <laughs> the gondola because we have a lot of gondolas out here for the ski resorts. Um, and they see, they see the bride and groom off. That's what that is. Uh, it's nice to know if they have it. Sometimes uh, I'm expected to be there for it. Uh, other times I'm not. just kind of depends on uh, the amount of time that I'm there. Um, sometimes I don't make it to the send-off. Sometimes I leave a little bit early, head down that gondola uh, for last call, get a beer and a, a burger before I head to my hotel. So just kind of depends. Um, and then I ask, how did you hear of my business? How did you hear about me? Um, it's always good to know where your clients are coming from. Uh, you know, this is a question that I think people forget to ask, and it's super important. You want to know how did you find me? Was it a planner? Was it a referral from a previous bride? Was it a friend of yours? Was it Facebook or Google? Um, you know, it's it's always really good to know how your clients are finding you. Uh, it's a very useful information. Up next, what are some things you like about wedding videos that you've seen? Um, you know, I like to know what it is about wedding videos that people like. What are the things that, you know, really attracts them to wedding videography? Why did they want a wedding videographer in the first place? Um, 
you know, knowing those things really helps you um, craft a product, craft a video that's going to appeal to your client. And for me, client satisfaction is the number one priority. I, I don't ever want to have a client that's not satisfied. So finding out what my clients like about uh, wedding videos that they've seen, it doesn't have to be my videos. It could be anybody's videos, um, but that really helps me get an idea of what they're wanting. Um, on the contrary, the next question is, what are some things you don't like about wedding videos that you've seen? Um, if people don't like seeing you know, too many uh, shots of them being posed. Um, you know, too much focus on the bride and groom is something that people have written. And if, if that's the case, then I want to make sure that I'm not doing those things that they don't like, right? Um, if they say, oh, we don't like a lot of talking in our in videos, we like mostly just music. Well, awesome, because now... <laughs> I mean, it's not really my style, but now I don't really have to worry too much about, um, you know, cutting in a bunch of sound bites into the video. So uh, that would make my job a little bit easier. So it's good to know, like, what people like and dislike about videos that they've seen. Um, the next question is, other than a general overview of the day's events, is there anything in particular, in particular, excuse me, you'd like me to focus on and capture? Um, th and this is really where I kind of nail it down, right? Where I say, tell me what's important to you. Um, you know, obviously, first kiss is probably important. Capturing the vows and the walk down the aisle is probably important, right? We all know those things. But sometimes, you know, there's things that are important to people that I would never know about unless they told me. Um, you know, things like, well, my grandparents have been married 70 years, you know, and they owned this farm that we're getting married on for their whole lives and then <laughs> but now they're like 90 years old and we don't know if they're gonna make it another day make sure you get shots of them <laughs> you know like sometimes i get that kind of stuff and it's good to know that okay you need shots plenty of shots of grandma and grandpa because this is probably the last like year of their life basically uh it's super important to know that um you know other things that they'd like me to focus on you know people Man, brides love the decor. I got to tell you, they love seeing shots of the flowers they've picked out and the place settings. I personally don't get it. I don't think it really translates very well in video. Um, but, you know, if my, my if my clients want me to um, shoot that stuff, then I, I make sure I shoot it. And I don't always put it in the highlight video. Um, you know, if I do, it's only usually just a couple shots. Um but I do put it in the raw footage for them. So they, they do have it. Um, and again, that's just, you know, and I know what you might be thinking, like, you're like, well, if you don't like shooting detail stuff and decor stuff, which I don't, and I don't really like shooting posed stuff of the couple, like walking through fields and stuff. I don't, you know, I, I don't love doing that stuff. You might say, well, why do you do it? Um, and the answer really just comes down to client satisfaction. I don't have to put the videos of clients walking through fields and stuff on my website, right? I don't have to use that stuff. But um, it is important to me that, you know, I make my clients happy. This is their wedding day. Um, it's not about 
my video portfolio. It's not about, hey, what awesome wedding video can I make for myself to promote myself? It really comes down to client satisfaction and really taking care of your clients and listening to what they want. Um, so yeah, make sure you ask them what in particular you'd like, uh, they'd like you to focus on. Uh, next question, list any unusual plans you might have for the wedding day that I should be aware of. Uh, example, you know, surprise dance, toast, or pyrotechnics explosion. That's kind of a joke. I just kind of put that in there to be funny. Um, but sometimes there are things that are totally unexpected, surprises and stuff that... You know, maybe the groom knows that he's going to get up and do this dance and then he's going to sing and then he's going to play the piano and then he's going to like do this thing where he does three backflips across the <laughs> reception dance floor or something. I don't know. People do random stuff and it's just good to know ahead of time um, about those things. So I, I give a little space for that. And the very last question on my questionnaire is, do you have any unanswered questions or concerns? Um, obviously, if your clients have questions or anything that they're worried about, you want them to tell you. That way you can uh, put their mind at ease, uh, answer their questions, and uh, really make them feel comfortable and glad that they chose you to shoot their wedding. Um, that being said, if you guys have any unanswered questions, please feel free to hop on WeddingVideographySchool.com, send us an email, leave a comment, uh, leave your questions in the comments, email me, uh, whatever you got to do to get your question over here. I want to answer it. Um, and with that, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope this podcast was helpful. And Amy, thank you so much for your questions. Um, keep them coming, guys, and we'll catch you next time.